number 16, Acts chapter number 16. Uh, if you don't know where Acts is, first of all, I want you to, you can start in your, here's, here's the deal, I, I wouldn't even add Acts right now. So you can start at the very beginning of your Bible, you can look at your table of contents, you got the Old Testament, you got the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts. So Acts is found on page 703 in my Bible, so you may have a little bit more pages than yours. i got really small writing in mine. So 703. And y'all got there quick. Y'all must have knew we were going to be there today. Here we go. 703, and then go over to chapter number 16. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Um, you can look at it up on the screen. We'll put it up on the screen in just a minute. Uh, but either if you're either looking at it, um, you're either... Uh, either you're looking at your Bible or you're going to look on the screen. If you're there in Acts chapter 16, say, I'm there. Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, Lord God, I, how you're speaking to us today. Lord, this is an opportunity, a privilege, Lord God, that we can open your word and let it speak to our lives. Lord, I pray this would not be a time wasted. Lord, I pray you would speak, speak clearly, and Lord, that because of what you say to us, something in our life will change that brings us closer and closer to you. In your wonderful name we pray, amen, amen. You, can have, you may be seated, you may be seated. The reason why I didn't read in a particular uh, section uh, and then pray is that we're going to kind of take uh, the second part of 16 and kind of walk through that. One thing I will encourage you about is, um, the reason why I said open your Bible, I encourage you to bring your Bible with you. Now, if you don't have a Bible, um, we want to help you with that. You can see me. I can get you a Bible. We'll make sure you get a Bible. But I really want you to bring your Bible because I don't want you to just look on a screen. I could put anything on this screen, and you'd believe it, I guess. But if you have it right there in your face, right here, you know it's for sure, okay? So I encourage you to look at that. But before we get into that, the first question, go back to the title slide. And I want, we want us to be thinking about this, is do you have an active faith? Do you have an active faith? Now, we're going to explain that in just a minute, but because of what you believe, are there, do, you, do you exercise your faith? Because of what you believe, are there, are there actions that you can see coming out of your life because of what you believe? And so we're going to look at that, but we're going to start with Acts chapter 16, and we'll look at some other areas of Scripture as well. Last week, last week Paul and Silas are on their second missionary journey. And so on their second missionary journey, they've gone through several different sections. And as they were going, he, uh, uh, Paul gets what we call the Macedonian call. And basically, he wanted to go, we wanted to go one way, and the Spirit said no. Wanted to go a different way, the Spirit said no. But he, he sees a vision of a man of Macedonia saying, come over to us. And so you go to Macedonia in, a, in the area called Philippi. That's, where that's the church they're writing to in the book of Philippians. This is when Paul is first getting there. And we talked about last week is that he reaches two different individuals. He reaches a, a wealthy, religious businesswoman, Lydia, with the gospel. And so she gets saved, and then they share it in the house, and they get saved as well. And then he also reaches a young slave girl who is demon-possessed. And so she's demon-possessed, and she has the ability, because of the demons, to fortune-tell. She's a fortune-teller. But Paul cast that demon out of her, and so now she, Jesus impacted both of their lives. Now, here's where we're picking up today in verse 19. 
Now, when the masters, okay, she's a slave girl, basically what they do is they take this slave girl who is demon-possessed and say, go tell their fortune, go tell their fortune, and give us some money for it. So what happens is, because she's no longer demon-possessed, verse 19, and when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them in the marketplace unto the rulers. And brought, oh, wait, i got to stop for a second. Okay, some of y'all are like weirded out because I don't have a podium here. Okay, let me just tell you real quick, I don't have an outline today. Okay, now we're going to preach the word, say amen. We're going to preach the word, but I don't have an outline. Now, the reason why I say that, some of y'all are one, two, three, give me point one, sub point A, all this kind of stuff, whatever. I get that. Here's what I want to challenge you about. If you look in your bulletin, on the, on the page that has all like the little insert, if you flip it over, it's got an outline. It's not filled out, okay? It's got an outline. And it has one, two, three, A, B, C, all that kind of stuff. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want your prayer to be. God, speak to me today. God, speak to me today. Okay? Show me what you want to show me today. And if God, I shouldn't say if, when God speaks to you, write it down. And then this week, I want to encourage you to look back on that and reflect on what God showed you today. All right, so I just had a, that was a little commercial. Here we go. Verse 20. Okay, so, so there we go. They're, they're, they've lost their, their gains, so they, they, they capture Paul and Silas, and they take them unto the rulers, okay? Verse 20, and brought them to the magistrates, or judges, okay? Saying, these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Now, we would think the reason why they're going to say they're troubling the city is because they messed up our, 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 um, our little racket, our money-making racket over here. But they don't say that, verse 21. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Okay? Now, Philippi is a Roman colony, and what it is is that the only religion that could be practiced or talked about would be what was sanctioned by the government. Okay? But the, Christianity is not sanctioned by the government, so that's basically what they're saying is like, look, they can't come in and teach their religion to us. Verse 22, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate ran off their clothes, so they basically stripped them down, and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So let's kind of review over this. So, so Paul and Silas, because God has, has directed them not to go to Asia, not to go to Bithynia, but to go to Macedonia. So they go to Philippi, like God told them to do. When they get there, they, they, they meet this lady who's gathering to pray, and, and they reach her with the gospel. Great. Then they go over here and they, and they see this young slave girl who's demon-possessed and he casts out, cast out a demon out of the slave girl. And so the, things are going really well. But then these guys that were making money off the slave girl, they bring them to the judges. Then they strip them down, beat them. Then they take them to the jail and tell the jailer, like, look, these people, don't need to, you need to make sure they stay in there for good. And so not only do they put them on the outside of the prison, they put them in the center of the prison, and then they put their feet in stocks so they can't even move. I don't know about you, but this is a kind of a weird calling. <laughs> like you've called me, God, to go to a place to where they're basically going to beat us and put us in prison and put our feet in the stocks, and now here we go. Now, I don't know about you, but every single one of us, go through different trials, different difficulties, different things in our life. And if honestly, if you'd be completely honest, in some ways, you feel like you've been beat. Sometimes you feel like you've been put in prison. 
Some of y'all feel like, you know what, I'm locked in right here. Okay? Now, you may not physically be in prison. You may not be physically beaten. But you think, you know what, life has beaten me a little bit. Life's got me a little tear, torn down. Okay? And so you, here's this whole deal. They're in a bad, bad way. But notice what happens. Verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas did what? They would what? Prayed. Okay, now that makes sense. That makes sense, right? Things are going bad in your life. You don't know what you're going to do, all this kind of stuff. Maybe you pray about it. Maybe you don't. Uh, let's be honest. Sometimes we're, we do a lot more complaining than praying. So y'all, y'all, it's okay. It's all right. Let me, let me say it this way, okay? Sometimes I do a lot more complaining than praying. Can y'all say amen to that? Okay, yeah. I like mean you being that way, not okay? They prayed. They prayed. And that I guess that makes sense. You know, it's a bad time. Maybe they're going to pray, whatever. But here's what's really weird. And saying what? Praises unto God. Praises unto God. They, are, they, are, they have been beaten. They're in the middle of a prison, and they can't move because their feet are in stocks. And not only are they praying, but they are praising God. Praising God. What's interesting, and I want to encourage you from the standpoint, if you're able to be here on Wednesday night, I want you to come, all right? Wednesday night has changed a little bit. We're not doing a a, a quote-unquote Bible study every single week. We're really trying to take just a little bit of time with our family, okay? And what we've been doing, and it's been kind of cool just from the standpoint of somebody's like, what what are you doing on Wednesday? And I'm like, I I don't really know. And Katie's like, you probably don't need to tell people you don't know what you're doing. So, but for the past couple of weeks, we, 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 we had a time we shared prayer requests, and that took like the whole entire time. And then the next week we shared praises, and that like took the whole entire time. And we've just been praising and praying, and we've been sharing some things. We're going to fellowship a little bit. We're going to eat. That's when we'll have a big, big crowd, Todd. Is when, we, when I say, hey, hey, we're eating Wednesday, we're like, oh, the whole room's full. Okay? All right? We're going to fellowship a little bit. We're going to break some bread, that kind of thing. We're just trying to live out Acts 2 and what that looks like from 41 to 47. That's what we're trying to do on, 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 on Wednesday night. Really as a church, hopefully what Wednesday night will then breed, breed more into Sunday morning. But from the stand, one of the, one somebody came on a Wednesday night and here was their praise. I'm just praising God I'm here. Now what you don't know and, and a lot of people didn't even know is the reason why they were praising God because they were here. Um, I think our tent may have just, hey, Scott, why don't you check on that? It's over there, Scott. Okay, not everybody, not everybody. If you've not been in a service yet, you sit down. You can't all go over there. What are y'all doing? Yeah, their car is still, you're fine. Hey, Todd, in just a minute, will you go out there and bring them back in here? I said one person, and they're like, ah. Some of y'all are those people like, there's a problem? Okay. <laughs> Unless you got an S on your chest, don't go out there. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, so going back to this. Wow, that was funny. All right, so. <laughs> I, I, not only was I late, but then when that happened, I was like, wow. Tom was like, is the trumpet blowing too? Okay, never mind. All right, so going back to this. Okay, somebody praises. Here's, here's somebody praise. I'm just glad I'm here today. Now, what a lot of people didn't know was that person, here's why they were praising, because you know what? I've been depressed. And I haven't been here for three weeks. And I just praise God that I'm here. 
Now, some of you are like, man, we don't need to be talking about that, whatever, but here's the deal, is, is they found something to praise in that moment. But they were there. Like, and let me help you with this, too. From the standpoint of what we, things are going bad, things are going difficult, I'm praying, nothing's happening, but guess who's with you through those problems and those issues? Guess what? Guess what? Even if God doesn't do a blessed thing for you again, the fact that he died on the cross for your sins, that's enough. And we can praise him for that. And so the, what I'm trying to say, this is the first part, okay? They're activating, activating their faith, okay? They're saying, hey, we're not going to just sit here and, and say, well, we know Jesus, that's great and wonderful. They prayed and they sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. That's important. Was it the tent? Thank you very much, okay? We're taking a special offering at the end for a tent. All right, so <laughs> verse 26, let's keep on going. And suddenly, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands was loosed. So here we go. The, 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 they're praying. They're praising. The prisoners are hearing it. And, and so here, here comes an earthquake, and all the prison doors are open, and all the bands are loosed. Man, they're free. This sounds great. This is wonderful. Notice what happens though, in verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. Now, some of you are like, why would, he, why would he decide to commit suicide at that very moment? Because we know in Acts 12, when Peter was let out of prison, Herod said, hey, you need to, you need to put them to death. You need to execute them. Now, God got the final laugh because that, that's, when, that's when he killed Herod at that very moment. But that was the way it was. If you lost your prisoners, you lost your life. That was the deal. So here he is, he's about to do that. Verse 28, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And there's this earthquake, the prison doors are open, the, the bands are loose, and yet they stay right there. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling, this is the jailer, and fell down before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now why do you think he asked that question? One could be that maybe they heard, maybe he heard why they were in there. Like the way, reason why they're in there is because they're, they've been preaching Jesus. But here's the thing about Paul. Paul was, Paul was very bold. I could see Paul being this way. Paul gets beat, Jesus saves. <laughs> Paul gets put in the prison, Jesus saves. They're putting the bands on, they're putting the stocks on his feet, and he's saying, Jesus saves. And in that very moment, from the standpoint that they're still there, that they're exercising their faith, and they get an opportunity right there. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Notice what he doesn't say. I'm about to pray for you. <laughs> now here's what he says. He says, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Okay? And they spake unto the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. They activated their faith. They believed something. He wanted to know how to get saved. So Paul tells them about how to do that. Verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. It's that jailer. And was baptized, he and all his, straightway. So not only did they, did they share Jesus with them, but they also exercised from the standpoint of helping them take their next step in baptism. Verse 34, and when they had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeants. The sergeants would be, are the ones who actually did the beating, saying, let those men go. 
So again, he's been at the house, but now they're back in the prison. Interesting. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. You're free. Go. We've gotten orders to let you go. But notice what happens, verse 37. But Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned. They beat us for something we didn't do, for, 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 for no crime. Being Romans, okay? Now that's interesting because Paul was a Jewish by, by birth, but Roman by citizenship, and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privily or privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. What boldness. Paul's basically saying, look, if they want to get us out of prison, they got to come get us. Verse 38, and the sergeants told these words unto the magistrate, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. The reason why that's a big deal is because they were, if they were Romans, they actually couldn't just beat them and put them in prison. They had to get a fair trial, but they didn't do that. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. So here's the deal. If, if when the prison doors open and when the lo- bands are loose and they run, guess what? They're fugitives. They're fugitives. But because they trust God, because they activated their faith, look, we prayed for something, and we believe that God's going to do it. Now they come out innocent men because they were willing to wait on God. And then notice this, even from the standpoint of activating the faith, this, in this way, verse 40. And when they went out of the prison and entered to the house of Lydia, when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. So they're basically saying, they let out of prison, they say, hey, why don't y'all go this way? Instead of leaving Philippi, they go over back into Lydia's house and comfort the people that are there, activating their faith. Now, let's keep on going from the standpoint of an active faith. I want you to turn your Bible to the book of James. So keep going. The book of James, so that's going to go past Acts. Just keep on flipping. You get to Hebrews, you're getting close. Okay, James chapter number 2, James chapter number 2, if you get to 1 Peter, you've gone too far, if you're in Hebrews, keep on going, James chapter number 2, if you don't have your Bible, again, you can look it up on the screen, James chapter 2 and verse 14, I'll let y'all still kind of flip, it's okay, I like to hear that sound, flip pages, flip pages, here we go, right, verse 14, it says, what did it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not worse, can faith save him? Now, probably a, a, a better way to say that is can this type of faith save him? A faith without works. Now, some of you are like, a faith without works, but really they go together. So I want, I want you to understand that, okay? All right, we'll keep going. Verse 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Uh, Chicky, you've done some stuff with Un- Unsheltered International, with our, with our homeless ministry. That we, we, um, we were going to Augusta. I think we're pivoting to Cincinnati, by the way. And I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's the, the idea. We're going to meet with everybody. But, okay, we understand that homeless people need Jesus. We understand that, that they need to find the hope and salvation and all that kind of stuff. But on the other side of it, homeless people need Food <laughs> and things like that. Right. So if we, go, if we go by on the street and we see a homeless person in January and we say, you know, be warmed and filled and then go on. No, it, let me help you with this. You know what's going to keep them warm? A blanket. 
know it's going to keep them filled some soup, right? And so he's setting this up to say, okay, you say you have this faith, but yet is faith just words or is there some action behind it? Let's keep on going. Verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is what? Say it out loud, is what? Dead, being alone. Okay? Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Okay? A man may say, I have faith, and I have works. This word is not shoe, by the way. It's show. S-H-E-W, show. Okay? Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. What's that next word? Show. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will what? Show thee my faith by my works. Now, we, let me be clear on this. We do not believe in a works-based salvation. You cannot do anything good enough to get to heaven on your own. There's no way in any way, shape, or form. I know there's people that say, well, they'll put all my good stuff on one side and put all my bad stuff on the other, and hopefully I, I, I come out okay. It doesn't work that way. If you want to get into heaven, there's only one way to get into heaven, on your own, and that's being perfect. Because the only, only, the only standard that you have to meet is God, complete and wonderful holiness, never sin ever in your life. That's how you get there. Now, there is someone who did that. His name is Jesus Christ. And you're not getting on, into heaven based on your good deeds. You're getting onto heaven based on His deeds which is dying on the cross for your sins. So you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The righteousness you get to heaven with is not your own righteousness. It's Christ's righteousness. Say amen. amen. Okay. We do not believe in a works-based salvation. But on the other side, we do not believe that we have a faith that doesn't work. Okay. You, this whole idea, I believe in God. Well, do you, do, you, do, you, do you live actively in your faith? Do you follow the Bible? Do you, do you show kindness to other people because of that faith? Do you pray? Do you praise? No, I just made a decision one day. And that got me to heaven. That's enough. Faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. Again, it is not a works base. So many people think when they, we look at this kind of stuff, well, you, you think you just have to work. No, we, the, the difference is one starts with works. What we're saying is our faith, our faith produces works. Works come after. The, 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 the idea that you're a Christian and, and, and there's nothing in any way, shape, or form that is coming out, that God is through your life, is coming out that you're exercising your faith, that is a fallacy. That the, the, to, to have faith without works means it's dead, which means that you really probably don't have faith at all. Got y'all a little bit on this one. Because if you can look in your life and say, you know what, I, I, Buchanan, I made a decision, but I've lived my life exactly how I want to live it, regardless of what God wanted or didn't want or whatever. I didn't really care, didn't have Holy Spirit conviction, none of that kind of stuff. I would question if you really had faith. Because faith leads to works. Works don't lead to faith, but faith leads to works. Say amen. amen. All right, John 15. Now let's go to another part of our Bible. Okay, if you're in Acts, now you can go back to John. John 15. We're going to keep on talking about this a little bit more. And I know this is a little bit different for y'all, but this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Here's why this is good stuff. Because we're letting the Word speak. We're letting the Word speak. John 15. Let's talk a little bit more about this, about these works. 
and what, what should be produced in our life. John 15. Here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit is taken away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth much fruit. See, some of y'all, what y'all don't understand is if you have a faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it seems like, well, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, everything should go fine all the time. Okay, here's the deal. If you're not being, if, if God is not challenging you and bringing things in your life to grow you, okay? But what is the goal for that? The goal that God puts some things in our lives to challenge and grow us so that we would bear more fruit. That's the goal. Okay, verse 3. Now, you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You have to be connected to bear fruit. Except ye abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abide in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth, what? Much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. It, again, let me help you with this. Bearing fruit is not about, from the standpoint of what your ability you can do. It's about what God can do through you. Keep on going. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gathered them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. We'll look at something in just a minute, but let me help you with this. Living things bear fruit. Dead things do not. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified. So you bear much fruit. So you bear what? Much fruit. You want to bring God glory? Bear fruit. Not just bear fruit, but bear much fruit. This is, so shall you be my disciples. We talk about discipleship and being a disciple of Jesus. What well, a disciple of Jesus is a, is, a, is a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that means you bear fruit. It means you bear fruit. Last section of Scripture. Last section of Scripture. Ephesians 2. You got to go back the other way, okay? I'm, 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 I know we're going different places in our Bible. This is good for you. Some of y'all didn't even know where Ephesians was. All right, Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. All right, so you go from John. Keep on going. If you get to Galatians, you're almost there. If you get to Philippians, you've gone too far. Okay, Ephesians chapter two. Now, here's why this is really cool. How we're ending. How we're ending. Uh, if you know it. Who is the author of Ephesians? Paul. Okay. Now, God. And it, so we understand that God. But from the standpoint, the writer of this letter is Paul. He's writing to the church at Ephesus. By the way, the, the book of Philippians is he's right after he's left on the second missionary journey, he's writing back later on in his life back to the church of Philippi. Okay. These are letters to churches. But the man that, the man that activated his faith. From the standpoint of what we see in the jail and, and how he went through all that, and the one praying and praising God and staying where he was and telling people about Jesus and, and, and making sure from the standpoint of staying in the prison until they were acquitted of everything. That same Paul, verse 2, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 1, and you hath he quickened. The word quickened means to make alive. Make alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Here's the thing about, the, talk about the fruit, okay? 
If you have Jesus, you are alive. And living things bear fruit. Say amen. Okay. If you are dead, okay, okay, and you don't know Jesus Christ, you are dead in trespasses and sin, and dead things do not bear fruit. Here's a, this is kind of a checkup deal right here. If you're not bearing fruit in your life, the first question you need to ask is, do I have faith? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? Because if you have a relationship with Jesus, according to these things, the fact that we're alive, we're going to bear fruit, we're going to have, these things should come out of our lives. But if we have said we have faith, but have zero works to show after it, we need to check up, maybe we never found faith. Let's keep going. Wherein, verse 2, wherein in times past, you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. here's what we need to help help each other out with, is when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I have a flesh and I have a spirit. But until I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I only have flesh. And here's what the flesh is going to do. It's going to pull you to the things of this world. Your flesh does not want you to do things that are right. Okay? There there are so many things in my life that that my flesh says, do this, look at that, say this. But because I, 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 have, I have faith, because I've, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I also have the Spirit. And so the Spirit, as much as I'm saying, hey, do this, I want to do that, the Spirit is saying, don't. Pursue after me. Do what God told you to do. Not what all the world says you should do and all that kind of stuff. So there's this constant thing, and this is what, what some people get confused in the in the. In the in the Christian life, is you always will have both. You're always going to have a flesh, and you're always going to have a spirit if you put your faith and trust. The goal is not to eliminate one, it's to lean into one. You want to lean into the spirit, denying the flesh, leaning into the spirit, okay? Verse 3, among whom also we have uh, have all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Some people say, I'm not a sinner. Let me help you with this. You were born that way. No one taught my children how to lie. No one taught my t- children how to steal. No one's teaching my children how to, uh, my, I have two boys, uh, to look at a woman in lust, okay? No one taught them that. Their flesh desires that. Verse 4, but God, but God, listen, look at this. So here's our condition. Here's where our condition in our fleshly. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin. Even when we were dead in sin. Okay, so let me help you with this. If you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're a dead man walking. Literally, you're a dead man walking. If you were to die today, there is an eternity separated from God forever. Okay? Even when you were dead in sin, hath quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. That literally, from the standpoint of salvation, you go from death to life. Verse 6, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Here's the important part right here. 
Just so we're all clear on where, what, what's going on here and what has to happen. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. How, how do you get saved? Faith. Because of the grace of God, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's not, it's not anything about you what you did. The reason why you have salvation at your disposal is because of what he did. Amen? What he did. And it's a gift. If, I, if, my, if Both my kids, they love gifts, right? But if I give a gift to their birthdays are coming up in July. If I give them both a gift and then two weeks later I say, hey, pay me for that gift I gave you. Guess what it ceases to be? A gift. It's no longer a gift. It's like I'm, I loaned it to them, okay? Let's keep going. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is why we don't do work-based salvation. You cannot get to the end of your life and say, look what I did. The only thing you can go at the end of your life is be able to say, look what Christ did. But here's the important part, because we all want to take that. It's all about faith, Buchanan. It's not about works. It's all about faith. Great. But look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Yes, you got saved. That's great and wonderful. But you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. That he, that it says, but that he hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Here's one thing with our Christian life. Our Christian life, it, where you are in your Christian life right now, and where I see you a year from now, there should be a change. It should be different. You should be, be more and more like Christ this year than you were last year and the year before that and the year before that. I've been saved now almost 20, about 16. It's going to be 30. Oh, I'm going to be 38 this year, aren't I? Oh, boy. Okay. Almost 22 years. Almost 22 years. I promise you, I promise you my faith is not like it was 16, when I was 16 years old. And if the only thing you can look at is, I have the same faith I had when I first got saved, that's a problem. You were, you were, hey, here's one I want to help you with this. Is Christ saved you for more than that. Like, that's what I want to encourage you about. You weren't just saved so that one day you get a home in heaven. He saved you because he, had, he wanted to use you. He, he, wanted, he, he said, you know what, Cause, and, and I, I know we say this all the time, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to continue to pound this till the day I die. If it only was about salvation, if it was only about salvation, as soon as you got saved, you'd go to heaven. If that was the only thing it was about, was about having a home in heaven, you would go immediately. What's the reason for you being here? So you can enjoy more of this broken world? Hello? I, give me heaven. Amen? Give me heaven. I would love to be in heaven right now. Like, that's so much better than what we have right here. So why are we still here? Because God has some works he wants to do through us and in us. How active is your faith? Is your, look, let me, I said this in the first service. I want to help you with this. Your salvation is not something you put on a mantle so you can point back to it later on. Are you saved? Yeah, it's on my mantle. It's right there. Well, well, you know, well you've been doing this, but I got that on my mantle. It is not something you can point to and say, look what I got on the mantle. No, this is something that God is doing in me. The Bible says, talking about work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
But yes, salvation, salvation started it, but it didn't end it. Like he is, he, like because of the grace that I have in my life, like God is doing something in the midst of me over and over and over and helping me become more like his son. And hopefully from the standpoint, as I become more like his son, I can be more of a blessing and encouragement to the people around me and help other people see from the standpoint of how I'm pursuing God. They need to too. They need to put their faith and trust in Jesus. Your works matter. They matter. This is a weird ending. Everybody stand. <laughs> but here's what I want to do. This is so much.